I'm delighted that today we are talking about productivity, busyness and procrastination that affects all of us. And Jenny Field is a bit of an expert and has spent a lot of time looking into this area and working on how we can improve. So I'll hand over to her to kick things off. Yeah, I think it's it's funny, isn't it, how you end up talking about something that you never thought you were going to spend a lot of time talking about. And, and productivity, being busy and stuff has definitely been something that's been a topic for me over the past few years. And partly because I think I just get really irritated with people being busy. <laughs> and there's definitely something for me around the fact that it's not a real thing. So being busy is more about the fact that you're not prioritising things. So after reading the book Busy by Tony Crabb a few years ago, I really started to think about actually what am I doing spending my time on? Where am I focusing? How am I investing you know, my time and energy? And it is so true that actually no one is busy. We're just prioritising different stuff. And once you realise that, you realise how often you say the word busy to people um, and also that it is just about prioritisation. So there's been a lot of stuff that I've done around reading about it, around the different types of procrastination, around um, being interrupted, uh, all of that kind of stuff. And I just I find it really interesting. And I think it's something that we all struggle with around staying focused, around managing that feeling of being overwhelmed and around being able to to focus our energy in something so that we're not busy. We're actually doing stuff that's going to help us do whatever it is that we want to do. Controversial, Jenny. You know, because we've spoken about this a lot. My, uh, I am like the queen of procrastination and saying the word busy all the time. Yeah. How are you doing? I'm really busy. How are you doing? I'm really busy. Um, and I know, I know, like, I completely can. I do agree. I do think that sometimes we can use that as an excuse when we're not prioritising. And if I was really being honest with myself and I wrote down where I spent my time and energy I would say a third of my life is looking at insta stories <laughs> which is definitely not part of the big plan um, so I am very you're very con- conscious of that but I also acknowledge that there are some people who have a lot of stuff going on right so if you've got hundreds of kids and you've got partners and you've got busy family lives and you've got work and you've got priorities coming out ears how do you kind of manage that then so I'm, I'm I say I'm lucky because I don't have any of that kind of dependencies on me but what if you do have you know three or four kids or a couple of kids and a really busy life in that way plus your day job and you're a consultant then do you think that that is still you know when people say I'm really busy do you reckon that's busy or do you reckon that's like overwhelmed like what's your I think it's a bit of overwhelm I think it's also it's still prioritizing stuff so if I'm having to to juggle a lot of stuff and sometimes you know for me I'm juggling supporting some of my family members running a business volunteering um, and then also juggling seeing friends and then also seeing my husband and also just not doing anything sometimes I just want to just stop (laughs) it's very easy to say oh my god I'm just so busy because your time is being uh, being drawn in lots of different directions all the time but actually you're not actually busy as such you're just prioritizing something over other stuff so if you are juggling all of those things they are the things that you're prioritising and therefore you're doing them. I think it's more using busy as an excuse. Mm. So oh, I'm really sorry I haven't sent you that. I've been really busy or I'm sorry I haven't seen you for ages. I'm just so busy. That isn't true because if you really wanted to see that person or you really wanted to send that stuff, you'd have prioritised it. And if you've prioritised something else, that too is okay. 
but be honest about the fact that you've prioritised something. So something I often say is, <laughs> I'm really sorry I haven't got back to you. I was prioritising some other work, which can feel no, which can feel really uncomfortable. But it's not that I'm just busy. There are other things that have to be a priority, which is why when I talk to people about managing time and stuff like that, using deadlines like as soon as possible don't work because as soon as possible to you is not as soon as possible to me. And if you said to me, I need it as soon as you can, well, that could be six months away because I have to prioritise what I'm doing and where I focus my energy. So I'll always ask for a proper deadline so that I can manage my time and your expectations. So I think there is, everyone's got stuff to juggle, no matter what it is. And people are busy leading busy lives. But when it comes to your focus and prioritising, that's the bit to kind of think about. Yeah. Um, and if you are juggling a lot of stuff, that will feel overwhelming. But also recognise what is your priority at the moment. And I think that's the thing to kind of think about. You you know, I talk a lot about editing your choices, having read uh, Notes on a Nervous Planet by Matt Haig. And he talks about the fact that you can't watch every film, you can't read every book, you can't do everything. So if at the moment in your life, it's your family, it's supporting that, it's juggling that, then let that be your priority and your focus and that's okay. You know, the whole thing about being busy for many is really focused around their work, their day job. And is there something about us overemphasizing that part of our lives over everything else? Because then that, in a sense, that takes over and that is your kind of super busy area and everything else adds to that as extra busyness so you do feel overwhelmed because work in itself feels overwhelming without any effort yeah and then you get into that sort of chaotic feeling of trying to do everything and it all feels a bit too much and that's where boundaries for me is so important so being clear that you've got boundaries between you know work and home for me my life is is one thing uh, and it has been for probably the last 10 years, even before I was a consultant, it is one life. I don't have that start and stop of different things. Mm. And that's that really helps me because I can set my own boundaries around that and what I'm comfortable doing and what's acceptable to those around me. But having those boundaries is really important to help you make sure that you haven't got that overwhelming, busy feeling of, you know, work is such a big part. And then on top of that, I've got this on top of that, I've got that. Mm. I think we over compartmentalise our lives too much. Right. Whereas actually, if you look at it as one and then break it down in the way that works for you, your work, your job, your family, then you're not trying to put things into very distinct boxes like this is work and this is life which links a bit to being genuine at work and all the stuff that we often talk about. But over compartmentalising, I think, makes it too complicated. And then you end up just chasing your tail because this is my time to be doing this and I'm meant to be doing this. And then you're going to be in a whole cycle of potential shame spiral, which isn't helpful either. I agree. And I, I was definitely somebody who always felt like I had to have a hard stop with work and then play, if that makes sense. And I think when I stopped putting that pressure on myself in terms of, I am one, right? You're, I want to bring my whole self into work and I'm, I want to be authentic about who I am. So I love what I do. I love the work that I do. I love anybody who knows me knows I'm quite passionate about comms. So I don't really see it as work, which is I'm privileged to, to be like that. I know that. But as soon as I stopped being so strict on myself in terms of, right, I need to do this, I need to do this in this time frame, I need to do it right now, life did become a bit easier for me. Now I am, I said before, like I am a massive procrastinator. And I am very guilty of saying I'm busy all the time, um, which I know would probably irritate Jenny. <laughs> irritate her. Um, because I do, and I'm very conscious of that. But I am also aware that 
sometimes you know i don't i don't i don't think there's anything wrong with saying you're busy like i'm not like precious about that word but what i am i think what i do feel a little bit aggravated about if i'm honest is if somebody says they're busy and then i think well busy doing what like yeah. what are you busy doing what like if you just watch six hours of chesapeake shores or virgin river which has been my <laughs> love then that's not really busy you're busy watching netflix right and that's you know like for me what's really helped me and that's based on some advice that jenny has shared with me in the past is just kind of logging where i'm spending my time like what am I doing? How long am I spending doing my emails? What am I being distracted by? Because I am like, what's that thing that people talk about? Is it like the magpie? It's the magpie, the shiny, the shiny yeah. thing. Like you know, so I could be like happily working away, writing my little blog, and then something will ping on my notifications, and I'll be like, oh, who's tweeted me? Oh my god, I need to see who's tweeted me. So then I'll look on Twitter, the Twitter, then I'll get distracted by Twitter, and then somebody might tag me in a stories, and I'll go on Insta stories, and I'll look at that, and then before I know it, like forty five minutes have passed by. I'm like, what the hell have I just done for 45 minutes? And I like this blog that I've written is like, and I, I don't know if anybody else is guilty of this, but I am like the tab queen. So I'll have like 75 different tabs open because <laughs> I'm so distracted. Like I'll start something, an email to someone, stop it because I've got distracted and I'll start something else and stop that. And by the end of the day, I look at my tabs. It's literally, I'm not, no joke a lie, about 70 tabs. Wow. I'm like, wow. So I stopped doing that. When I became a consultant, I rec recognised that I can't afford to do that because my time is my time now right so every every minute that I work is my time and my money um so I had to be very cautious about what I'm doing and with a leader like me which is a new thing that I'm working on and obviously comms rebel there's too many there was a lot going on so I had to really like you just said before com uh, can I say the word compartmentalize That's the word. yeah uh what I had to do and, and, the right, and not feel guilty about it yeah. so and then I stopped having I didn't I didn't have a bound like I've got boundaries but work and play the same thing for me because I enjoy it. So some days I might do a Saturday morning and I'm okay with that. I'm not going to feel bad about that. But I know for some people, Saturday morning is their precious time and they don't do anything. Mm -hmm. But as long as you're clear about your boundaries, that's really important. I'm also not a big fan of people guilting other people in that as well. Because I know sometimes when I've said, oh, I've just done a bit of work this morning, like on a Saturday or Sunday, people are like, oh, what are you working on a weekend for? Like, can't you prioritise your tasks? But then I'd rather have a Wednesday afternoon off. Yeah. You know, and I think that's really important for people to understand that this day and age, which makes me sound like a right old fogey, <laughs> this day and age, in the 2020s, uh, people, there's no such thing as 9 to 5, I don't think, anymore. No, I, I, think, I think 9 to 5 is gone. I think part of that, for me, has to be around distraction. Mm -hmm. So I will start a task uh, with very good intentions of getting it done. Either an email notification will come up or, or most of the time for me, it's about ideas. So an idea or a thought of something that I either haven't done or that's on my list to do comes up and then I'm suddenly switching. And I will do that a bit like you, but I won't have tabs open. Uh, <laughs> so I'll have this kind of massive mix up where I'm flitting from one thing to the other. And it feels really overwhelming at the time. So, so, so we talk about busyness. It, it's the overwhelm of your brain going in every direction constantly. At the end of the day, I feel as if to say I've been busy and working hard and I haven't achieved anything. Yeah. And then I feel angry <laughs> <laughs> because suddenly I had this proposal to write, you know, because again, as a consultant like the, the, the two of you, you've got real work to do. And when you, when you kind of go down rabbit holes, 
I could go down a rabbit hole and spend half a day looking at something that is interesting. It's educational, but it's not helping my business. So yeah, so it's very easy to get stuck. And I think it's interesting you talk about the distraction because our brains are naturally very curious. So it's why open plan offices don't really work because you'll hear a conversation and suddenly your brain's going, oh, Bob and Sandra are talking about something. <laughs> and this sounds way more exciting than this Excel spreadsheet I'm doing. And that's because your brain is, is naturally curious. It's looking for that, that distraction in a way. And in the book, Busy, there's quite a few stats in there which are, are really interesting around things like we switch focus every four minutes and that it takes us 23 minutes to recover from an interruption because it takes us that long for our brains to come back to what we were doing. So I turned off... My day. Yeah, exactly. So I turned off my notifications on WhatsApp probably about two years ago so I doesn't ping up on my phone because I don't, I don't want the intrusion of that. I want to go and look at WhatsApp when I want to go and look at WhatsApp. And I know from our chats that you two chat late of an evening, so I wake up to like 83 notifications on there. <laughs> But it's, it helps me manage my time. So I'm not, I'm not being sucked into that vortex of Insta stories or something else. I do it when I want to do it. And that's massively helped, helped me. But I still, I think we all have a habit of that distraction and going into stuff. But it's, it's finding little things to do that, that can stop you doing that to help you just focus your attention. And the optimum time to focus is, I think, it's around 52 minutes of focus time and then a 17 minute break. So and this whole myth of that nine to five and working, you know, just keep working, keep working, keep working. We can't do it. We, we need that break, whether that's going to make a cup of tea, whether it's going for a walk, whatever it is. We, we can't focus for hours and hours on end. It's, yeah. it's nonsense. And you have to force yourself to do that. So I 100% switch off notifications has helped me like beyond belief. Because I am, like I said, a magpie effect. So if it pings, I will be distracted. So switching off my notifications. I haven't done it for WhatsApp though. So that's a good tip because I haven't switched. And WhatsApp is a distraction. But for all the other kind of social media things, I've switched all my notifications up. So even on my desktop, I don't have the tabs open anymore. And and I kind of, I do the Pomodoro technique, which I think is similar to what you're mm -hmm. describing, right? So I've got an app on my phone, Timekeeper app, which I highly recommend. I mean, you can use your normal timer, but I like apps. <laughs> Another thing that I get distracted by. I like the fact that it's a special laugh about keeping time, which is just ridiculous. Like a clock. Like an alarm clock. It's an app. Whatever. Whatever works for you. So, but my Pomodoro app, because I love it, it has a, it's 25 minutes. So for me, it's, I know, and you've got to find what works for you. So even though the, the kind of research is telling you that 52 minutes and then 17 minutes, I know that for me, it's probably around about 25 minutes, half an hour max, and then I need a 10 minute thing and I've also got this thing so I've kind of created this thing about 10,000 steps every day as well for me because uh, I work from home a lot now and I, I can't go into the office or anything like that so I know that in those 10 minutes I should I, and I don't do as frequent as I should do but in those 10 minutes that I have that break I'll do stepping like I'll step around the house I'll walk outside for a bit and get my steps up so that's a bit of a, a well-being thing for me as well so that's definitely something that's helped me um, in terms of moving away and then coming back to it because I you know like I said I do procrastinate a lot and a bit like Trude where I'll have like an idea. I'm like, oh my God, that's a brilliant idea. And I need to do it right there and then as well. Like I am not one of those people. <laughs> They're like, let's write down a strategy. Let's do a plan. Oh, we'll do it tomorrow because this yeah, other thing yeah, is let's important. let's do it tomorrow. You know, let's do an action plan. I'm like, doing it right now. Opening a Twitter account. I want to launch it right this second because I'm just like, I'm, I'm impatient as well. So that's just, 
impatient procrastination. I don't know if that works, actually. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I mean, there are four, there's the four types of procrastination around fear, mood, dependence, fear, mood, dependence, and perfectionism. So the the whole kind of impatient thing for you is is just probably your immediacy. <laughs> um, but your I think your procrastination is more the mood thing. Is like I'm just I'm I'm not in the mood necessarily. Yeah. Um, is probably one of them. I have there's the four, but I have one around the place, which I suppose is a bit around mood. But if, I, if I'm not in the right location, which I've had to get past obviously during lockdown, but was often a big thing of I need to go and you know maybe work in a coffee shop or do something like that to have a different place in order to really concentrate. And I think that's where a lot of people would have struggled in lockdown that you that is a big thing for a lot of people of being in a certain place and stuff. Mm, no, definitely. I mean, the other thing for me is, well, there's the distraction and the procrastination. But it's it's also not being guilty about not doing certain things. Yes. So one of the strategies that I've found really works for me to get out of it is is kind of not guilting myself because I'll get into a position of saying, oh, I haven't done this. I haven't done that. I haven't done the other. Oh, I'm such a terrible person. And then realize that the day's gone with me moaning about myself rather than <laughs> kind of actually doing the work but the minute the minute I remove that kind of conversation going on in my head and I say right I might do a Pomodoro effect thing where you you allocate a set time Mm -hmm. and the minute I do that I get through masses of things uh and, and then there's that focus but then because I felt relaxed because I'm not guilty myself I get through even more because I suddenly have that I'm free of this kind of self-guilt and and angst yeah the timer thing I love and the timer thing I kind of found by accident when I was doing some cleaning thing and I had to leave something for 15 minutes so I was like well while that's 15 minutes I'll just you know clean the house or whatever and I remember thinking the timer must be broken because surely it's been 15 minutes by now and there was like five minutes left and I'd done so much in those 10 minutes and it made me realize how much I can just not do anything in 10 minutes but also can achieve so much so I'm a big fan of timers yeah. a big fan of them because I think they really help and also having like five things a day so like you said like rather than that shame of there's so much I've got to do if you have five things like one big thing maybe two big things max but one big thing four little things then it becomes much easier to get through that workload. And also thinking about what's really urgent and what's important. So I'm a big fan of the urgent important matrix, which I was introduced to probably about 12 years ago. And that's really helped me identify the tasks that I really have to do now. And we can think everything's urgent because we live in a world of immediacy and nothing is actually that urgent. So it's just having that check-in with yourself of, do I really have to do it today? Could I do it tomorrow? Am I putting unnecessary pressure on? You know, so just that balance, I think, is important. Sorry, sorry, Trudy. I was just saying, I want to use my favourite quote: "We're working PR and not ER." Yeah. I had to get that in. <laughs> I love that. I love that quote: "We're working PR, not ER, guys." Like, there's nothing that's going to be that urgent where you, you know, unless you kind of work in ER. Fair enough, if you do PR for ER. But apart from that, you know, nothing is that urgent. And I love the five things. Because yeah. you told me about that when I was like yeah. flipping from one thing to another. So I have post-it. So I have a little square post-it. And what if it's on that post-it? So I do five things. And it's literally, it makes such a difference to your work day. 
and, and you can you know and ticking it off as well for me and i'm not a list person i know it's a bit controversial but i don't make lists which is a bit weird for a comms person i think no. but i like everything's in my brain which is a, not a great thing you I just know, got a good brain i just like i remember I do remember things i am quite good at that but having it written down makes me accountable and that's what's worked for me so i know that i've got five things I need to get through on that day one big thing. I only do one big thing yeah. and then four little things. But I know that, and I'll always do the big thing first, and I know that's eat the frog thing, right? So I'll always do big, and then I feel like even if I do nothing else on that list, then at least I know I've done that one big thing, which makes me feel better about myself. Yeah. So that post it or on a board or whatever, I highly recommend it. It's one of the best things I have done for my procrastination because I think even if I do that one thing in the first hour of the day and I do nothing else apart from Insta stories all day, then I, it's fine because it's fine. And I know people might think I've got addiction to Insta stories, but I really I don't think I do. That's another thing I need to deal with. But it's just I think you can give yourself permission to do that yeah. as long yeah. as you achieve that one big thing for, for your day. That's true. Yeah. I mean, a revelation for me was when somebody said, I think it was a coach I was working with, she, she literally said, you don't have to answer emails immediately. You can give it a whole day, like 24 hours. And, and you know, we laugh about it, but that kind of panic, the minute the, minute the email has come up, I've got to, and you, you glance at it because obviously if it comes in notification, you're going to see a little bit of it. So you suddenly think, oh, I need to answer that. And you rush to answer it without realizing that actually I could continue focusing on this thing that I'm focusing on I can answer that tomorrow. Mm -hmm. This is not an urgent email. Uh, and actually, I don't think there are any urgent, urgent no. emails like that. So it, it's, it's quite interesting the minute you start to take that step back. And, and those five things that, as, as Advita was talking about, that's quite a powerful thing to do because it helps you to shape your day a little bit better. Mm. So you take a step back and you think, right, I don't need to do this right now. I can yeah. do this later because the the thing with procrastinators, and I am a big one, is that you find these little piddly tasks <laughs> that keep you really, really busy and engaged. And then you think, oh, I can't do the big one. But you can. And that idea of doing the big thing first is really important. But that's, what it ha that's how it starts, doesn't it? You, you have no real deadlines with these things. You, you pick up the, the easiest things and the things that you don't have to put that much effort in mm -hmm. to overcome. And as a result, you never hit those big kind of projects that you've got to work on. So, so it's just flipping that around gently and kind of realizing that actually I don't need to do that now. I, can, I need to keep focusing. And I think it's also working out what makes up your day. So I remember talking to um, my old boss and he would often talk about the fact that he didn't have time to do anything because he was in meetings all day and he wasn't going to get any work done. And I remember saying to him, but this is work. Like being in that meeting is work. That's not a waste of time. It's a board meeting. <laughs> like, it's part of your job. And I, I remember also my team someone in my team talking about not having the time to go out and do a day on the shop floor with with um, the operations function because she was you know too busy doing her doing her work and I was like but that is part of your work to go and do that and I think sometimes we have this misconception I guess in terms of what our work actually is and what makes up our day and sometimes for us as consultants a lot of it is breaking down your time to write and respond to admin and stuff and do all those kind of things but actually a lot of time it's also in meetings and I think if you're in meetings all day, when I used to um, work in house, my to-do list was a diary. So it was like a, almost like a page a day diary so I could get things out my head and put them into the next week. So I wouldn't, 
forget about it or if I had to chase someone up. But if I had a day of meetings, there would be nothing in my to-do list for that day because it was pointless. I was setting myself up for failure. There's no point in writing a to-do list of 20 things when I'm in meetings from 10 till 4. It just is utterly pointless. So I think you have to work out where your time can be spent, but also recognising what makes up your role because it's different for everybody and that five things works really well for us, but it's making sure that you're doing... If you've got a really busy day, for example, you might only have two. Exactly. And mentioning that teammate of yours who said that, you know, I don't have time to go on a shop floor. I remember working with somebody who was managing and I gave her permission uh, once a week to walk the floor because I'm a big believer in working, walking the floor. And I think part of our role as communicators, especially if you're in-house communicator, internal comms, you need to know the organisation, you need to understand the people that work there, especially when you work in an operational, even if you work in an office. And I remember her saying to me um, after she did her first one, like, oh, I just don't feel productive. Like, because for her, being, her job was all about producing things like a newsletter, a poster or, you know, sitting in a meeting and taking notes and then and, and presenting it back or doing a slide deck or whatever. But because she was just literally talking and, and, and finding out what's going on, she didn't feel like she was adding value. And she I felt like I just wasted, the first thing she said to me when she came in the next day was, oh, I feel like I wasted the whole day yesterday. I'm like, well, how do you, what do you mean you wasted the whole day? Well, I just feel like I haven't really done anything. But when you like break it down, it's like, well, what would you... Where did you go? Who did you speak to? What did you find out? What's a... When she kind of delved a bit deeper into it, we found out a load of stuff that was going on in the workforce that people just weren't aware of. And I said, that bit of work you've done has made a massive difference to the way we're going to communicate the future kind of campaigns. Mm-hmm. Because you just made us realise that going down this route is not going to work for this particular audience or this particular stakeholder. So don't feel guilty about it. It's so important. But like I said before, when you write down your... If you really are struggling... And if you write down your kind of hours, like an agency would, you know, where you're spending your hours or a law firm or, you know, when they can't account for every minute, you'll be really surprised, I think, where you're kind of spending your energy. Yeah, you can do it as a, a pie chart, you know, and sort of do it that way. So if you feel, and I've done this with some of my clients where we were trying to identify what tasks needed to stay within certain teams or individuals or what was stopping us from being able to do other stuff. So if you do it as a pie chart, it's quite a nice visual way of doing it. And you can sort of draw, well, actually, most of my time, take a big chunk of the pie and it's like admin and then another bit of this. So you can start to see it and then draw your pie chart of what your ideal would be. And then you can start to see well, what's like stopping that. that. I've yeah. never seen that before. I think I like I've, I've heard of that one. It's a nice because one. it's nice to break down. We all do know the tasks that we have to do. And a lot of the times we're just not self-aware of how long it takes. Taking that time to kind of figure out how long things take and how much time I must invest in certain things over other things is the beginning of prioritizing. So to your point about, you know, being busy and prioritizing many of us do not prioritize do not take that time to look at what tasks do we have to do how are we going to do it how are we going to address it do i need help do i do i do it on my own and as a result we get kind of stuck with i'm too busy i used to work with somebody who literally would stay in the office until nine ten o'clock at night saying that she was so busy throughout her day to the point where you'd kind of say, well, what are you doing? You know, what have you delivered? But she got so busy with refixing spreadsheets from rewriting letters or, or newsletters and so on. She would spend so much time on, on perhaps some of the smaller things, some of the things that she probably didn't even have to do. But it was that lack of awareness about what was a priority and what was mm. just work. 
Do you remember that outcry a few years ago? The article in Cosmo was it yeah. busy, very busy, busy, very, very busy until yeah. calls. Oh no! I yes. remember yes. everyone freaking out about it, going, "How dare they with the headset and everything?" Yeah. But I'm not going to lie, people. Like we're like the guiltiest like profession to do that, right? Yeah. We say like we're so busy. We got so, and, and, that, and your friend that stayed behind till nine o'clock at night. I am so guilty of that when I, I worked in the house. I said that everybody had gone home. I like, and in a way, I was a bit proud of it. Yeah. Oh, I was in the office at seven thirty last night. Yeah. Oh, what are you doing sitting there at seven thirty at night? And I used to be really proud of it. I was like, I was in the office at seven thirty last night. I worked Friday till six o'clock, and like, so I always say to people now when I speak to like clients and other people and other comms is, what are your priorities and how they align into the objectives, right? And then we talk about this a lot, don't we? Like, if you've got your your corporate objectives and your comms objectives. The work that you're doing, how is it aligning to that? And it, does it actually make a difference if you kind of... Is anyone going to notice a tweak that you've done on that little piece of work? No one really cares. And I think that's a little bit around the perfectionism that we spoke about before. Yeah. That well, there's thing. that thing of, you know, how long it takes to do some internal comms tasks, like writing a story or whatever, that our reactive time is much longer than, say, for instance, PR. So we're very, we're slower. And it is that perfectionist thing, mm -hmm. that detail that we feel that we have to put in there that we really don't need to put in there. No, and it's sign off as well, right? And so sign off, some of course. It, we're going yeah. to put some of this I, I do on know that there's a leaders legit. who want yeah. to sign off every single, and not only one leader, like 27 leaders yeah. Yeah. want to sign off that one piece of work. So I suppose, how do we, so people will say, and I know people listening to this will be like, it's not me making myself busy, it's other people around me making me yeah. busy because they are so they procrastinate. So how do we deal with that? Well, yeah, but that's about managing the relationship, isn't it? So it, it and I totally get that. You know, I've had several experiences where you end up with people moving deadlines or like you said, there's 700 people have got to sign off a piece of work. So you're then, you know, in a world of busy trying to manage all of that. But you have to you know, you have to be a bit firmer, I guess, with some of your stakeholders. And I can sometimes go too far um, on that. But I, I've always been very clear that I'm in charge. <laughs> I'm in charge. That I'm in charge of the kind of the channels and everyone else is, is in charge of the content, essentially. But if I'm on a deadline and you miss that deadline and I've been clear with you that that's a deadline, then there's going to be consequences for that. And I did it with a CEO who was who was quite terrifying <laughs> and she missed the deadline and so I told her assistant that we'd gone to print um we hadn't <laughs> uh, and I had got someone else to sign off the, the copy but I wanted to be very clear at the beginning of that relationship that it doesn't wait for anybody if we're doing this then it, it's happening um anyway she wasn't very happy with me and uh, and I said I'll pull it back from the printers don't worry and, uh, and we did one tiny edit and then she was fine but it also set our relationship in terms of we're adult to adult you know I don't want to be the whole parent child thing which often comes in where sometimes in comms it's easy to be uh, especially if you're a more junior person that the the c-suite or the people in a more powerful position um, are trying to, to kind of be the parent and you're you're the child you have to come up to that adult to adult quite quickly and therefore you're able to have you know decent conversations and if people are taking a lot of time then being very clear about your deadlines being very clear about what you need from them by when and being tenacious and chasing it down that's 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 a you know you might be busy but you're busy because you're prioritizing getting something delivered that you said you're going to do so a lot of it for me also comes into that matching what you say you're going to do and then your actions being alongside that if you say one thing but your actions don't support it you're you're in a bit of a sticky wicket there but you'll be busy dealing with lots of different sign-off stuff but 
you know, set your stool out. There's people actually respond much better to a very clear and very firm deadline. We like certainty as human beings. We like we don't like ambiguity at all. So if you're making stuff feel a bit, well, if you want to come back to me next week, you know, that's absolutely fine. Whatever works. And they'll say to you, OK, well, do you want to have a meeting or do you want to email? Whatever you like. I don't mind. Like, just let me know. Like, it's not going to work. You, you can't do that, especially you're asking for other people's time to sign stuff off, even though they might have put this ridiculous process in place. It's still their time that needs to, to be given to it. So it's just respecting that both ways, I think. Yeah. I think deadlines are crucial. And for us who pro- procrastinate, uh, deadlines is the only thing that overcomes some of that. Because without that deadline, you've nothing to work towards. And sometimes I think it's important to set your own deadlines mm-hmm. on yourself and impose it on yourself and say, right, this is the date that I need to finish this by. Maybe get somebody to be accountable to and make sure that you, you, you kind of meet that deadline no matter what. Yeah. So. So that helps as well. And it kind of takes off some of the pressure, actually. Yeah, yeah. an accountability buddy is always a good yeah. thing. I know we do that with the three of us with, with a lot of work that we're doing. And I think that really helps because it's easy to push stuff down to the bottom of the list when it's your own stuff that you're working on. And I, even when I was in-house, it was the same. You'd, I'd prioritise other departments' needs over what my own function needed to be doing because live to serve and that's what you're here to do. So if you were trying to do stuff as a function, it was always falling down the list. Yeah, Deadlines for me is is the key because I work best at last minute, last minute, best minute. That's so my old managers say that to me all the time. Last minute, best minute, and it really helps. Even with when I was revising for exams or if I'm doing, you know, I, I that pressure that I know I need to, and especially if I know I'm accountable to one of you two. And he said, you need. I don't like to let anyone down. That's another bit of like part of me as well that I don't like to let anyone down, and I'm very reliable, and I don't want to lose my credibility, right? So that will push me to make sure that I, I deliver at the time I need to deliver. So I don't like ASAPs and I have been guilty of doing that, but I've learned quite early on in my career that when you give a deadline and you say I need it by midday Monday, leaders love that. And they might push back and go, actually, I can't do it by then, so I need to give it to you by Tuesday. That's fine, yeah. but at least you've got a day when you can't start saying stuff like, whenever, it's like when you were even talking about what restaurant to go to, it's really irritating. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even I don't care. I'm not bothered. It's like you just end up playing like this ping pong forever. And that's, you know. Yeah. And that links in a bit to that decision making and being accountable. You know, if I choose a restaurant that you don't like, you're going to hate me. Like, (laughs) you know, all that I think kind of plays in as well. But I think it's it's definitely there's definitely a link to kind of actions, decision making, productivity, all of it kind of you know, throws in the mix. Yeah. And I know people, some, someone listening will be thinking, well, it's easy for you guys to sit there, like talking about you work for yourselves and you control your own time. But I worked in house for 15 years mm-hmm. and, you know, it's only recently I've, I started working for myself, but even when you're working in house, doesn't matter what role you're doing, comms, finance, HR, whatever role you're in, having those priorities in place and understanding what your targets are and your objectives are and, was Trudy said before, you know, having that list of, of kind of this is what I need to kind of do makes a difference, right? So I don't know if you've got any like other further top tips that you want to share, Jenny, with other people. Yeah, I mean, I've covered quite a few. I think the main the main tips for me are don't beat yourself up about being curious and distracted because it happens to us all. Set a timer because that will really help. Whether that timer is half an hour, 15 minutes, 
45 minutes, you know, timers can be really helpful to, to focus. And also switching off notifications because if it's urgent, and my dad told me this, if it's urgent, somebody will call me <laughs> and he's not wrong. And that's, that's a big thing for me. So just switch them off and then you can control your time a bit better. Totally. And email as well. So Trudy said it before, but I am very guilty of wanting to respond back to emails within 30 seconds of them arriving because God forbid anyone thinks that I can't respond that quickly. <laughs> so that for me is like, it's okay. Like you don't need to respond in that 30 seconds. They can wait. And even though it makes me anxious, so I'm, I always think that that person is waiting like at the end of the keyboard for me to come it's back. All about you. It's all about me. It's all about me. But I really recognise that, you know, I'm still not like, I'll, I'll still get back to people within 24 hours because that's just me. But at least I've given myself 24 hours to get back to people. If I haven't got back to you in 24 hours and you're listening, I will get back to you. <laughs> I am prioritizing my tasks but no I am learning a lot around you know does it always have to be there like you said we work in like PR and not ER so let's just give ourselves a bit of a break so that's my like notifications definitely but also being kind to yourself right and going actually I'm going to just that's not urgent it's fine they can wait and I'm just going to crack on with my task and not get distracted and also the Pomodoro app <laughs> or an alarm clock but that really helps that like 25 minutes then going to walk for 10 minutes 25 minutes walk for 10 minutes and always having a lunch break by the way and we said it before, didn't we? I don't know if you mentioned it in this chat, but I don't know if it's pre-chat, but it's okay to take that procrastination break because you need that time to think. Yeah, your brain needs the your brain works best when it's quiet. So I when I walk, I don't walk with any music or podcasts. I just walk and let my brain be quiet. And quite often if I when I come home, I've then got, you know, five things that I can then quickly get done because my brain's had the quiet to surface the things that I need to do. So you have to give yourself that that quiet time. I think it's also important to say that, you know, this is not about being productive every minute of every day. You know, you, you have to I have, you know, afternoons where I don't do anything. You know, it's totally fine to just do nothing. And I think that that also helps you be more productive because you can't be on all the time. So I think it's just having that balance. I wouldn't want someone to listen to this and think, oh my God, I should be using every minute of every day to further my career on myself. Like, that's ridiculous. No one is going to do that. So, you know, have some time just to chill out. That's totally fine. Yeah, I, I, I love the idea of balance. I think it's so important because again, if you're wiped out, tired, overwhelmed, you can't do the, you can't do the work. You can't actually be productive. No. And procrastination will be your friend because literally you'll be too tired to get anything done. So balance is really important. For me, I, was, I think I mentioned it earlier about not guilting yourself into not being busy and, or being too busy and not getting things done. That, that for me is kind of a really big tip. I use the uh, decision matrix, which talks about urgent, important and so on to break down tasks. And one of the things I found was that I, I do use lists, but I really like to just mind map on a massive piece of paper and draw boxes. And I found that by drawing boxes around the things that I was doing, I got more done than if I wrote a list. So again, another tip for everybody is to, to just figure out how you work, figure out what works for you, kind of you know what resonates what do you love doing play around a bit use post-it notes or colored pens or whatever but sometimes just add in a bit of creativity to how yeah. you do it actually makes a world of difference yeah. i think so it's easy to get into this trap of uh let's do everything like everybody else we need to have our lists we have to have our, our mass millions of diaries and our <laughs> and our uh our app 
love a diary though. A, a diary. A diary. <laughs> uh, we, we've got to use the calendar on, on Outlook yeah. and all the rest of it. And you start to get into this muddle of, of trying to do that prioritization, if I could say the word, but you, you get into this muddle rather than actually doing it. And so why not take some time and just kind of get some colored pens and draw it out on a lovely big piece of paper? The number of, the number of hours I have wasted on things like Asana, Trello, you know, like those yeah. kind of, anyone who doesn't know Asana is like this um, planning app, right? We can be yeah. like that. And I remember messaging you two about Asana, spent probably half a day messing about with it. Did I ever use it? No. no. Did I act? Like the best thing that has worked for me is definitely the post-it, like, I'm not still not in the mind mapping world. Like my brain doesn't seem to work that way, but I do like I definitely like the post it. So you're right, Trude. Like finding the one thing that works for you is definitely yeah. really important. Yeah. Key. Stop faffing about half Stop a day faffing on a about. tool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I saw them my way for people, by the way. You know, I'm not going to yeah. knock it. And if you want to sponsor this podcast, <laughs> <laughs> feel free to. Well, well yeah. I, I, I mean, it's really interesting because I, I, I mean, things like Slack. Slack is great. But I get really irritated with the Slack because not only does it say does it say once you're in the project, it still keeps emailing you. Yeah. So you've still got more emails coming through. So for me, I think it's pointless. But then for some, it's great. Just find the thing that works. Yes, you're right. You can't. You've got to find the thing that works. I mean, I did use to color code my emails and then write in a colored pen that would match the color coding, which was probably a step too far. <laughs> so find what works for you. Yeah. The best advice. <laughs> love that color coding your emails with a pen i mean i started color coding my emails actually based on jenny's advice yeah. i started color coding that does work so i do enjoy the color code but the pen thing <laughs> not sure sure but you know do you you do you you do you you That's do it. you yeah absolutely <laughs> listening please click subscribe so you get our new episodes as soon as they're released if you want to reach out you can find us on twitter and instagram as Carmaged rebels we're always up for a chat so please let us know what you think and ask us any questions you might want us to cover in future episodes we're also all on linkedin and always available if you want to get in touch